Welcome to the Woman Warriors Podcast. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now here's your host, Elizabeth Cush, LCPC, with today's episode. Hi, everyone. Today, our guest is Dalila Jusik Laberge, and we are, she is the owner of Be Here and Now Counseling in Agora Hills, California, and Westlake Village, California. I just want to share one little quote that um, I was kind of looking over her about page on the, on the website, and she says she her specialty is helping women find their voice and happiness. And I just felt like that was just such a nice uh, sentiment. I enjoyed that. And uh, so well, we're going to turn it over to Dalila so she can talk a little bit more about herself. Thank you, Elizabeth. I'm very excited to be uh, here with you on this podcast. Thank you. Uh, well, uh, to say a little bit more about me, I'm licensed in California and I provide online therapy to uh, residents in California. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you already noted, uh, I specialize in helping women and teen girls to heal trauma and anxiety so they can enjoy healthy relationships. Uh, yeah, I utilize sensory motor psychotherapy interventions and oh, awesome. they incorporate uh, processing trauma through the body as well. Uh, as utilizing regular talk therapy in the process, yes. I think the body is so important when dealing with people who have experienced trauma. Exactly, yes. Yeah, I think more often than not, we kind of tune out to what our body's telling us, even if we haven't been traumatized, but especially if there's been some trauma um, and you know, learning how to kind of tune back into what it's trying to tell you is really important. Right. I mean, people uh, tune it out because it served them uh, in order to live a life that they had to live in order to function in the society, at work, uh, in the family. But uh, tuning out your body has its cost to both our psychological and general health. And tuning out the body, like how do you see um, that impacting potentially um, the women clients or teen clients that you see, you know, if they have anxiety as well, like how, or how does tuning into the body help them? Well, that's a great question. <laughs> I mean, that that's kind of, uh, I, I talk about that and it's a lot in my uh, articles, but uh, it's a key factor in my eyes. Uh, basically, Uh, I distinguish anxiety uh, and mindfulness. Uh, I distinguish anxiety from mindfulness. Uh, Let me first describe what mindfulness is, and it's related to actually our body. And I will not give you the regular, you know, definition that's written in uh, in dictionary or something like that. Uh, But uh, in my view, mindfulness is when you are able to be in a current moment and enjoy small, ordinary things finding pleasure in what feels good right mm-hmm. now. And in order to, to be able to do that, you, you have to be in tune with your body. 
so most likely, if you're listening to this podcast, if our listeners are here, uh, you're in a safe place in your room or something else ordinary. You might be driving and annoyed in a traffic that's a little bit stressful. more <laughs> stressful, right? But otherwise, if you are in your room, you can kind of find some things to enjoy because you probably added some nice art or some emotional pieces that that are valuable to you in in your life emotionally or aesthetically mm-hmm. so you can find some uh ordinary pleasures and kind of focus on those things so uh look at your dog or cat for instance <laughs> they they're just uh they they're great examples of enjoying in the moment in situations where they're in so if not, nothing uh, is happening they're just sleeping you know grooming themselves when you are uh, when you arrive home you you're stoked to see you <laughs> and if you take them for a walk they're so happy because they, they're able to you know be in their body and just kind of relax uh, when uh, ordinary things are happening so they're finding that pleasure or all creatures are pleasure seekers so you can basically engage your senses and observe shapes colors smells sounds textures and, and and feelings in your body if you're being aware and mindful exactly i was just going to say i find it so helpful um for clients who have experienced trauma but even um and maybe if they're not recognizing what their childhoods were like was traumatic but to be able to tune into the body can be really helpful and and recognizing when they're getting triggered maybe by anxiety or whatever else exactly but uh, on the other hand tuning into your body can be very triggering for uh, if you have a high experience if you have trauma you know yes. that's very difficult trauma in your life so for many people, it's kind of a resource to tune out. But what I would encourage people to do instead of trying to do all these breathing exercises, if it's triggering, you know, once you try and it doesn't work, try something else. Start simple things like say you wake up in the morning and touch your uh, feel uh, the sheet on your skin, you know, the sheet on the outside of your comforter. Maybe it's cooling yeah. Maybe feel that warmth of how it is inside and just kind of try to have that sensation of how it is to feel that warmth and how pleasant it is and mm-hmm. kind of realize that your body is there, that's your ally. Uh, your body is your ally and your body can actually provide you with these resources and uh, pleasant feelings. I love that. I love that because, yes, sometimes that tuning in internally right off the bat can be frightening and and not comfortable or even a place that clients don't want to go. That's correct. Right? Yeah. And that's yeah. why I personally, you know, a little bit about myself, mm-hmm. it kind of, uh, I, I suggest what resonates with me because uh, I personally live in Malibu, California, and I utilize a lot of what I'm talking about. I go to the beach, I go into the mountains, mm. I smell the herbs, I smell the salty ocean air, I kind of engage in into that uh, myself. I go mountain biking, uh, hiking, oh. 
stuff like that. And really that sensory, yeah, that tuning into that more mindful awareness of what you're experiencing can really be resourcing too, not just the breath or the, or meditation. So if you had a new client that came to you, um, or you were speaking to someone, you know, who you met or no, you know, in your life and they wanted you to explain, like they really didn't get what anxiety was and they wanted you to sort of give them a layperson's uh, description of what anxiety is. How would you, how would you describe it? Well, I just described what anxiety is not, which is mindfulness and ability to seek that pleasure in, uh, in our body our experience and in the moment, in the place where you are here and now, as my practice says. Uh, But uh, anxiety, on the other hand, is when you are unable to, uh, to do that, you you are you, let's say you may have a beautiful garden, you may have a beautiful house, uh, surrounded with objects uh, that are uh, pleasant and have everything, you know, Mm -hmm. and and uh, on the other hand, your mind is always playing something else, right. regardless of what situation you are. You may go, let's say you may go on vacation with your partner, but you may struggle to connect with them and enjoy the journey because you are thinking about the work to right. deal with when you come home. Mm-hmm. So you're like stuck in your head and stuck in that sort of continuing dialogue that's going on internally instead of being aware of what's happening. Exactly. I mean, let's then take example of relationship with your children. You may, uh, for instance, worry about your children and the fact that you may uh, that they may not be on that track to a particular college. Your kids mm-hmm. uh, that you wanted them to go, and then you miss out everything. You miss out actually enjoying that moment with your children, mm-hmm. uh, with who they really are. You, right. you don't even know who they really are. Uh, while you're grieving that they're not something that you imagined. Mm. Yeah, so just missing that whole experience of enjoying them in that moment. Exactly. Then another thing that's kind of also a good example uh, that you're supposed to enjoy with your senses is like enjoying going out in restaurant and going out to dinner and instead of immersing your senses into enjoying the food you worry about how much do you need to work out in order to not gain weight oh my gosh right all the shame around eating and enjoying food and not just allowing yourself to be there and taste what you're tasting exactly so these are some examples so basically cognitively this means you focus on uh, worst possible potential scenarios instead of enjoying what's in front of you. You wind up exhausting yourself in trying to prevent these uh, imaginary negative outcomes. And uh, on the other hand, you may also be paralyzed Mm -hmm. by anxiety and not pursue some things that you would truly enjoy. By holding yourself back because it's just too anxiety-provoking to even approach it. Right. And, uh, and then, so that's a cognitive part and a, a kind of sensory and cognitive part, what I just described. Mm-hmm. But in your body, what happens is like uh, our body is basically uh, created to respond to these dangerous situations like 
imagine a tiger is chasing you and uh, you kind of have these extreme reactions in your body. It's right. called fight or flight responses. So uh, your body is prepared to uh, deal with this extreme reaction, extreme situation. However, uh, anxious people have some form of this fight or flight uh, throughout the day. It's kind of, uh, it, they almost kind of get used to it. And on the other hand, there is this fight or flight, but they also may drop down into the depression. So depression is very often a part of anxiety. And really, I think, at least from what I've seen in my practice, is that a lot of times that depression comes from, you know, this continued response of being anxious. But then, like, why can't I be different? Why can't I change things? Right, feeling helpless mm-hmm. and kind of caught into it and then kind of giving up. It's like, you know, right. like when animal uh, kind of die, pretend, not, it's a pretend death. It's right, like, right, plays dead, right, like a possum. Because you exhaust your nervous system by, you know, operating on this anxious plane. <laughs> and so when... Uh... Someone new comes to you, to your practice, you know, a woman or a teenage girl, and they really are struggling and are looking for help. What would you typically say, you know, what are they coming to you for? Are they saying, I'm anxious? Or are they saying, like, I can't sleep at night uh, or something similar to that? Well, there is variety of uh, issues, uh, although I do specialize in working with women and teen girls i see quite a quite a bit of men in my practice as well but people usually come with uh, 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 problems such as you know these typical body problems that you uh, we talked about butterflies in your uh, abdomen mm-hmm. uh, increased heart rate shallow breathing so and feeling more, restless right so the more physical symptoms are what prompts them to be like, maybe I need... They, no, they don't uh, come necessarily due to physical, but when kind of their relationships struggle and when they struggle at work, mm-hmm. uh, when they feel overwhelmed and, you know, somebody, uh, and they react in a, what's the word, extreme way to some stressors when it becomes overwhelming and then yeah. they their relationship kind of goes down the okay. drain. Okay. Uh, because they didn't speak with their, you know, friends or something, right? So uh, when this happens, then they kind of see that they can't handle it anymore. <laughs> My uh, people that I work usually uh, with are people who are functioning, high functioning anxiety, and 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 then when it becomes overwhelming things in their life don't work anymore the way that they want them to work, the way they, they've been successful and they have all this, you know, uh, wonderful life, friends and family. However, sometimes <laughs> things just don't, can't go on anymore. They've been going. So if you don't mind, like explain uh, what high functioning anxiety might look like. Well, uh, high-functioning anxiety is pretty much uh, uh, all these symptoms, but uh, on top of that, you may feel guilty because you have this wonderful life. You may wonder, what's wrong with me? Mm. You know, I have this great house. I have this (laughs) 
you know, I'm so successful. What's wrong with me? Why can't I, I be happier? Why can't I be more at ease with this? That kind of right, thing. Right. Right. Am I not a grateful person? Am I lacking, you know, in my <laughs> character? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so there is this sense of guilt, and especially with women, uh, you know, this happens because we, we've been raised to... Uh, succeed and to please others and then we don't even know who we are because we don't uh, learn how to be happy and follow our feelings we struggle to know our feelings because we are kind of observing how mommy and daddy react to us Mm -hmm. as we are you know uh, expressing let's say our anger you know let's say you want to go uh, you want to become a teacher to go to teacher's college and your dad always wanted you to be a lawyer so you will push aside this desire to be a teacher because you just don't want to disappoint your dad mm. and you will even convince yourself that you actually want to be a lawyer and that's always what you wanted to be so you kind of there is this blurred uh, boundary between who you are who others are yeah. and then you wind up in this place of not knowing who you really are and what you are about and and then you feel empty on top of uh, feeling anxious and worried. And so just not even recognizing that what what you want, you know, whether it's valid or even what you need. Exactly. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, you don't know what you need and then you don't know how to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. And then it's natural that after some time you uh, develop this anger. And then when you express that anger, it sounds like something extreme to people because they're not used to you. They say you changed or and then you feel guilty and horrible <laughs> about these feelings because you, this, this is not pleasing others and you're just kind of operated on pleasing others and you know what works for others and it's simplified version but but i do i do think um that women struggle more with that than men in general again that that is a generalization but the the need to please others and and meet others needs without recognizing that then oftentimes you're not meeting your own needs. Um, so do you see that in, you know, do you feel like that is really sort of a component of why women might have more anxiety in their lives than men? Yeah, that's definitely a component. Uh, I, uh, I think, I mean, there's some brain differences between men and women, Yep. which kind of, it's very difficult to see uh, what's biological and what's cultural. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, think of, a, a, th- this is, again, generalizations. And uh, when I talk about men in this regard, I don't uh, judge them uh, negatively. I'm actually seeing this, this as a strength uh, from which we can learn. Imagine a man, uh, you, uh, he's going to make a dinner, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, there are children around and he's going to say, okay, I'm making dinner so somebody else has to take care of children, right? Yeah. For a man, that's something reasonable. Uh, Men are better at 
focusing on one thing mm. uh, and and that's why they have better or that's why they can easier orgasm you know than women because our brain has this uh, corpus callosum you know in between uh-huh. two hemispheres uh-huh. so there's many more connections so <laughs> yeah our brain is like a chatterbox you know <laughs> like so you can you know for me I could, let's say, imagine myself making dinner, cutting one veggie while the other is already cooking, yeah. uh, while children, you know, while keeping an eye on, or, or, on children. Yeah. And perhaps I might even actually have this uh, conversation with you if it's not too uh, structured. <laughs> if you, right. you can, you, yeah, I can have a conversation with you on the phone yes. about anxiety. Right. <laughs> with all these tasks. And uh-huh. men will just focus on one thing. Yeah. I would see that too. And so, yeah, yeah. So then women having all of these other things sort of uh, uh, juggling the multiple tasks, then if you add anxiety to that or that that can increase their anxiety because they're feeling like they need to be attending to all of these things at once plus that little voice in their head. Exactly. But not just, you know, it's not just about attending. We, uh the part of our upbringing is that we want to excel at all of this. So when you translate this into our liberation as women, and I'm so grateful for women's revolution and everything. Yes. Uh, I mean, I love my career and my freedom, and I'm a rebel myself. I grew up hmm. uh, in a, a patriarchal society, socialist country, you know. So there was these two, like, egalitarian kind of system where it was emphasized the girls' education and everything was emphasized while we still had, while I still observed my mom working full-time and doing all household chores. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Well, my mom was the same way, right? She had, right? To, she worked and, right, she had all the chores and the kids and, yeah, my dad worked hard too, but he wasn't home when he, you know what I mean? He, he yeah. Exactly, so. right. So, uh, you know, we kind of, uh, and then we put it on ourselves, uh, on ourselves that we need to excel mm. in corporate world. And then if, and then we feel guilty because somebody was telling us somewhere that women should be also at home and raising children. And then we feel horrible that we are not raising children. But if we, let's say, leave our, company when our child was is sick then we feel you know somehow inadequate mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just how we are kind of raised to feel guilty and to be attuned to others and then just kind of this is kind of was generalization and obviously simplification but we kind of tend to uh, measure up how others respond to us right Right. That whole, and, yes. How are they, are they judging me for taking that day off from work because right. my child is sick and I, yeah. So imagine how a corporate world, you know, in a boom of this postmodern <laughs> capitalism system mm-hmm. takes advantage of uh, today's, uh, uh, of our propensity to, to basically uh, please others. Mm. So we have we struggle to set boundaries and self care is wow. you know yeah. not a non existence. Have you ever once have you ever gone to some uh, meeting where they glorified somebody and they said, 
oh my god she took four weeks of vacation and enjoyed her life <laughs> I don't think it ever happened they would rather say oh my god she was so selfless she worked overtime she was always there when we needed her right 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 she came in sick right right absolutely yeah so that's, that's we are very, trained yeah. to strive for this mm. uh, uh, reward system you know yeah yeah, yeah. and it, it's killing us yeah, it just adds to the, you know, the the pressure that we already put on ourselves to excel and do the best that we can. And then the sense that we also have to excel and please others and meet their expectations. This leads to this constant push, 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 push. Am I right. good enough? Am I doing enough? Right. Yeah. And, be- and besides that, there are a couple other uh, kind of brain differences with that uh, we uh, women uh, are shown that we struggle with processing serotonin. In other words, uh, our processing of serotonin is slower than men. Right. And uh, serotonin is involved in regulating stress and anxiety. We also, due to estrogens and, pro- and progesterone, uh, we uh, we kind of fire uh, this fight and flight system faster. Uh-huh. And then it lasts longer. So this could be kind of contributing to anxiety as well. Oh, absolutely. Well, and and if we already, if our brain is already firing more often and longer under stress, then you add if there's any trauma history or, you know, other issue that may be causing you stress on top of that, like, yeah, like I could see, yeah, how that would impact just your reactivity to stress in general. Exactly. Well, I so appreciate your sharing your knowledge and expertise around this topic of women and anxiety. Um, I wonder if you could share, if there was one tip or one important piece that you thought was really important to share with women on how they can feel either more control or strategy to help them manage their anxiety and and on a you know on their daily life oh gosh you're like in that story you know share one uh, like that goldfish you know and can you imagine just one make one wish i'm like really one wish <laughs> just and it doesn't have to be a wish that 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 cures it it's just yeah, something right. that they could take into their uh, life that would help them I would like to say to people when feeling anxious and under pressure to remember to ask yourself, mm-hmm. let's say, one of these questions, is a tiger chasing me? Am I performing a cardiac surgery or am I trying to def- defend the world of alien invaders? Ah, so is this <laughs> life or death, right? <laughs> I'm trying to make it a little funny, you know, to remember <laughs> So it's memorable. So if answer to all of these questions is no, then for everything else, there is a MasterCard. Just kidding. (laughs) For everything else, uh, you can remember that you will manage one thing at a time. Mm, Just Very nice. Yes, yes. Take a small bite out of that cookie or that elephant or whatever. Small bite, yes. So along uh, with this tip, I got to squeeze in this one, which is kind of, this is like immediate tip. Mm-hmm. So a bonus tip is like kind of more of a mindset one. Yeah. Ditch the, ditch the corporate culture influence on your mindset. Yes, I know you need to save your job. You need to manage 
you know, to get along with your boss, but mm -hmm. remember your values and uh, what will you let affect you emotionally. Mm -hmm. So when you go back and remember what's important in your life, you will realize that, let's say, having all A's when you were a student doesn't matter nowadays so much. Yeah, that <laughs> is very true. Meeting all these expectations perfectly will not matter for your happiness. So, I love that. Well, I really appreciate your um, your time here with me and sharing your knowledge and expertise. And I'm wondering, um, are there resources or um, books or anything you feel like it was it would be important for clients or potential listeners to to go to? Definitely. I, I have to say I really enjoyed uh, our little conversation and I'm so honored to be part uh, of your podcast and I oh, hope thank you. I provide some useful information to our audience. Awesome. Thank you. But uh, I have a gift for our audience. Uh, it's uh, it's my anger power book uh, that I wrote. It's an e-book. Oh, and nice. uh, uh, Yeah, I can give it for free. Uh, I or as I already described, the reason why I use anger uh, book is because I, we women are not in touch with uh, our anger. Yeah. Uh, as anger is not pretty emotion, you know. They taught us that we are not pretty when we are angry. That you know yeah. people are not going to be happy. Well, and girls shouldn't be angry. Like right. So mm -hmm. this book helps kind of uh, access other emotions that are underlying that anger and it helps us kind of learn who we are. So where would they find that anger power uh, book? It's on my website, but I will share with you mm -hmm. uh, and, and you can give them link where they can directly go. Awesome. Perfect. And, uh, and uh, uh, so this book also helps uh, us to kind of communicate this in in a way that it will not upset people that that are triggering this anger it will actually empower both us and our loved ones because yeah as i already told you people when they struggle with anxiety our relationships can go downwards mm -hmm. when we get to that tipping point when that anger gets to a place of out of window of tolerance as we that's we therapists like to say yes right. <laughs> all righty uh, well so you'll share that link with me and i will put it in the show notes for potential listeners who want to access that ebook and other uh, book that i uh, actually recommend to my clients and i like uh, reading myself is it's a book uh, self-compassion power of being kind to yourself by Kristen neff they're wonderful exercises and, uh, you know, you can combat anxiety as it comes, but doing uh, many of these other activities that lead you towards mindfulness, mm -hmm. instead of combating just anxiety, you can also add mindfulness, uh, you know, and... Yeah, and uh, that self-compassion piece. Right. Yeah, no, that sounds, that is perfect. Well, thank you. Um, so where, how can people find you? What's your website? Um, yeah, where are you on social media? Oh, uh, I'm everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they can find me on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest. I, I'm uh, doing a lot on, pin, on Pinterest, Pinterest oh, nice. these mm -hmm. days. Yeah, you nice. can find a lot of articles. 
the uh, my articles or articles that I recommend and share. Awesome. All righty, and tell uh, us. And what's your and your website is uh, beherenow dot com. com. Yes. Awesome. And all that information is there. My contact information and my social media. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you again, and uh, I look forward to hopefully we'll talk again in the future. Definitely. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Dalila. My takeaway from this episode was that women often put their needs on the back burner, whether professionally or personally. And by not being aware and attending to our own needs, we're increasing our levels of anxiety and stress. By bringing a mindful awareness to our own needs, maybe we can reduce some of those stress and anxiety levels. Ciao for now from This Woman Warrior. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Woman Warriors podcast. Music was written and performed by Andy Cush. If you'd like more information on the Woman Warriors podcast, the show notes, the resources that were discussed, or links to the profiles of the people who were interviewed, you can find them at www.womanwarriors.com.